Welcome to Big Feelings, the podcast where two prematurely crotchety weirdos in suburban exile talk about parenting and other strange, gross, and interesting things. I'm Lo. Hi, Lo. This is Ginger. <laughs> Hi, Ginger. How are you today? Ugh, hot as totally It's warm. It is. It's too hot warm for stuff. Pacific Northwesterners. Ugh, we're a little mushroom clam people. <laughs> Well, let's get into it. We've got the kids upstairs. We've we've greased the sides of the above ground pool, so that should keep them busy for a (laughs) while. Today, we're going to talk about something that we kind of forget about sometimes, which is what our life was like before we had children Mm. and how we knew. Hold on, let me get into my special place. Mm, Go back. Go back back to 2003. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's really far. Hold on. Okay. Go back to the early Obama administration. <laughs> oh. mm. um, yeah, I, well, first I need to know how you are. Like, how are you? I'm good. I'm how? good. Summer, I, summer's so fucked. I hate summer so much. I just, oh my God. Okay, I know one thing. Before you I have lied. kids, you wonder why parents have such an issue having their kids during the summer Um, you're like don't you want to spend time with your children don't you want to love them and be around them and now that i have three of them around me all the time and i can't even take a shit without one of them like banging on the door or like coming over to me Mm -hmm. and getting my attention Mm -hmm. i want them away from me (laughs) i want them away (laughs) just i need a break Oh, so I, I I kind of am looking for those um, back-to-school specials already, I have to say. Oh, my God. I just – so last night was really gnarly. Or last night, yesterday, was intense. We marched in a parade, and Clem woke up on the wrong side of the bed and was mm. a, kind of a giant asshole, which is really fun because, you know, when you're – when your kids are being shits in front of other people, it, it, it magnifies mm. everything. They know that there's only so much that you can do because people are watching. <laughs> and they kind of, it, it turns into like performance art. Oh. That really got magnified because I was in a fucking parade. What, what parade was it? It was the Renton River Days Parade. So I marched with the organization. and With Renton River Days? No, with the organization. Oh, right. The wink, wink, wink. We're marching in a parade and Clem's like, I don't want to wear my uniform. She, literally as we're in the parade, trying to take it off and complaining. And she's supposed to be smiling and waving and handing out candy and representing <laughs> the organization. And it was like a quarter of a mile that we had to walk. It was brutal. So I got home and I'd been texting with my husband, who of course was at work because he works seven days a week. And so I had errands I needed to run when he got home and I just ran and I went through the Starbucks drive through on the way home. And the guy made the mistake of asking me how my day was going. (laughs) And I just kind of unloaded on him. (laughs) Like I really didn't really want to know, (laughs) but I was like, Oh my God, dude, I can't wait for school to start again. I'm out. I'm hiding from my children right now. Oh my God. (laughs) And then he's just like, great. Take it easy. So that's, mm. yeah, summer is brutal. We You have to work still. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Clem, she was at horse camp last week. But you have to do all the things that you normally try to do in your life with kids there all the time. 
and they're bored. You and know, I asked a I asked a friend of mine what shows she's been watching. You know, just to kind of get some sort of normal conversation, and she says, "I I'm not really watching anything because my kids are around yeah. me from seven in the morning until like ten at night." Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Summer summer sucks. Yeah. It's weird because every year I get excited, and then it gets to be about the beginning of August, and I just want to dig a hole and crawl into it's it. It's terrible. It's the human condition, I think, that we're always dissatisfied with where we are. Mm. No, no. I am very satisfied on my weekdays off when the kids are in school. It is amazing. <laughs> I put on a podcast. I go for like an hour and a half dog walk. I do whatever the fuck mm. I want. I've got about four hours twice a week to... Because that's the thing is... When you have kids and you you have a family, you have a significant other spousey type person. What I've tried to explain to Pewoks, and let's just insert to our thing about Pewoks. Not all people without children are Pewoks. Mm-hmm. Only the sanctimonious shitty ones. So it's a derogatory the term. Mm-hmm. The but, righteous and opinionated. We right. have, yeah, we, we have lovely friends that don't have children who have really made the effort to try to be friends with us still, but it's hard. I get it. It's really hard to be friends with people with children when you don't have them. But yes, the a pee walk is the one who asks your baby who's crying in a public place if there's a mute button on that thing. <laughs> Refers to your child as it. That's a pee walk. So not just any person without kids, but an mm-hmm. sanctimonious poop heads without kids. Both sides. Yeah. We know some, we know some pee walks and some and some, some actual decent people. Regular just, child-free mm-hmm. humans. Child-free. Child some free. CFs. Fruit, fruit loose and child-free. <laughs> Doing whatever the fuck they want. Fuckers. Get Let's pedicures. Just fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and your good decisions. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, well, uh, which brings us to how we made the decision to have kids mm-hmm. and... Yeah, yeah, our life before kids. So, Ginger, what were you doing before you Let's had kids? Let's see. Okay, well, <clears throat> I will say that we made a really, it was a very intentional decision that we made not to have kids in our early and late 20s because we had shit to do. We just, we wanted to travel. We wanted to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to college, got a master's degree in teaching. I was going to be a teacher. Well, I, I was a teacher. But, and then when we decided to have kids, it was just sort of like the natural next step. We'd been married for like, uh, six years and we'd been together for four before that. So I feel like we were in a good place. Yep. It just seemed like the natural. You're pretty sure you liked each other. You'd had a dog together. Yes. Oh, which is, which is Crucial. the first step. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. We had a lovely, lovely dog. When we decided it was just sort of like, yep, that's what we're doing. So we had sex all the time (laughs) in many different positions. Sex with purpose. (laughs) Oh, which is actually pretty amazing. It's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. Baby making making sex is different. It's different. Yeah. Let's see. We loved playing video games. So we, well, actually, not all video games in general. We really got into Halo. When Halo 2 was coming out, that was a big thing. So we did multiplayer online, and I'm even like, even when I was super duper pregnant, still playing Halo and on my little bouncy ball. I think we always knew that we wanted to have more than one kid, so had another one, and 
at that point realized that we were the fucking worst parents in the world. Your first kid, you're like, I am so good at this. I can go out to breakfast. Look at how well behaved my child is in the restaurant. Oh God. Restaurant training. That's oh, like a whole other thing. You can keep your kid out past ten at night yeah. and put him to bed whenever you want to. You're sick. At, your second comes along and you're just like, Oh my God, why so hard? <laughs> Nobody tells you how hard it is. Mm-hmm. But um, and then we knew we weren't done, so we wanted to have another one. And we do get asked frequently. Was was this intentional? Was it <laughs> well, was this an accident? I like, think no. that's fair because I do know more than a f- couple few accidental thirds. Yeah, me too. Almost every, actually, yeah, right. almost everybody I can think of that has three, mm-hmm. it was not intentional. Yeah. So Ours it was, and we thought, you know, because we had two, and we're like, you know, I just, we want to, just really want to make things harder for ourselves. <laughs> How can we do that? You were like, They're you read those um, HuffPost parents articles that talk about how three is the most challenging number. And you're like, fuck yeah, I want to scale that mountain. I do, there is a little component Challenge of that. accepted. I do, I do like challenges, I have to say. But now <laughs> that I have three, I'm like, <laughs> fuck no, shut it down. Mm-hmm. No more, nothing else is coming out of this coos. That is Ew, it. that's the worst. No word. more. So we're I done. I to Are you cooze. serious? Coos is the worst. Coos? That's the worst. Oh, Cooter. I like Cooter. You like Cooter. I Cooter's do like nice. Because it's like, it reminds me of that game where you put the legs on the bug. Oh, Cootie. 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 It's like, it's cute. Get a little Cooter. Like well, let's just cooter. say vagina. And Coos sounds like something Nothing else coming in. out of this vagina. Fanny mm. is kind of what we called it. That's a whole other show. <laughs> That's on our, our topic list. <laughs> So, Anywho, yeah. shut you shut down the twat. Shutting it down. <laughs> the, the twatter. <laughs> the twatty cootie. <laughs> twatty cootie. <laughs> Coozy woozy. Okay. What so. is your twatter handle? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hashtag vagina. Hashtag cootie. Hashtag. Waste at twitter.com. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, now I have the IUD thing. Oh, my God, IUD. Which I thought I would love. hate. Oh, my and God. now I love it. I love I... it so much. Oh, my I... God, IUD. Yeah. There are, there. yeah, Best. there's a lot of good things that can come from not having a period. Oh, fuck, yeah. Think Dude, of you all the money you save on all that shit, all that yeah. cotton. And I will say that it was either that or watch my husband demasculate from having the vasectomy which i was like can you just get a vasectomy he's like oh no i'm not gonna do that there's no way i'm gonna go do that i know right i'm like after the things you took for the team heck yeah jeez my husband i offered to do it and i was like well i'm gonna have an iud either way because the not having a period thing is the best periods are for jerks it's so (laughs) weird because when i was still hanging out with people who had periods it was like every three weeks and i was was like really again didn't you just do that it's like i know it's like half your life is either premenstrual or menstrual Mm -hmm. 
and it's just ugh. It, well, I used awful. to I used to think I'm just regulating with the moon. I'm very in mm-hmm. touch, Whatever. you know. Yeah. But I think I was just polishing a turd, really, you know. Like now yeah. I, I don't have to worry no. about it. I'm like, God, this is kind of great because it always happens when you're on vacation or like, hey, let's take a week long camping trip. Period. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna march in a parade. Period. period. Yeah, I'm going to be somewhere where I can't shower for a long period. Period. <laughs> I'm going to, let's go to fucking Great Wolf Lodge, and I'm going to be in a pool the whole time. Period. <laughs> Fuck that. Ugh. I heart IUDs. Yeah. So I have the Marina. I just got mine re-upped, and it's like, yay. That's what I have, the yeah. Marina. It's great. I mean, I've heard some people it just doesn't work for, and that's fine. I Before that, I was on the pill, and I know I had... Because there's like 250 different kinds of birth control pill. And mm-hmm. there was one that I tried that made me insane. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, you know, I'm like a tank. You can just, I can take whatever and just. <laughs> and then even when I was on the pill, I cycled through. I didn't take the placebo ones because I was like, why do I have to do that? And when I talked oh. to my doctor, it was like, you don't. And I'm like, why don't you tell everybody about this? I don't know. It just keeps you in the momentum of having to no. take the pill. Deal with I don't. I haven't taken the pill for a very, very long time. They would yeah. give me migraines. I would get migraines every single month, like clockwork, with my period. Yeesh. But not Horrible. from but the, not the brain is so low dose. Yeah, it's that's neat. been a blessing, I guess. Yay. When I was talking about the C-section, they were trying to upsell me. They were like, do you want us to go ahead and do a two-bowl while we're in there? And I was like, well, I, you know, would I still have a period? And they were like, oh, yes. Like it was a selling point. <laughs> and I was like, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. You're going to go in there. You're going to, like, rearrange my junk. And I still have to bleed every month? This is fucking bullshit. I was like, um, no, thank you. Just do what you're supposed to get the human out of me and then sew it back up or what? I don't even know what happened. Uh, why would anyone? Why? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Oh, so man. anything to, yeah, you just think about like bears and sharks and I don't know, all the things that are going to be attracted by your bleeding vagina. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, whatever. I just, it's not like I'm swimming or in the woods with bears that often, but I don't know. I just, I hate everything about it. So it's probably not very like feminist of me, but. What about dogs? Did they still want to sniff your crotch? Um, I feel like dogs always want to sniff my crotch. <laughs> well, cause it's going to just smell crazy. Like, and, and I have had dogs dig things out of the garbage and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Just super fun. So yeah, fuck it. Fuck everything about it. I don't know. Oh my God. But hey, if you're a bleeder and you love it. More power I, to you, I really. Mean, do just your thing. I'm just saying. Do, do you. Not for me. No, thank you. That's a hard pass on menstruation. <sighs> so what else did we do before kids? We, I think we were, we were, we, we were hipsters. <laughs> So not, it's not, so not hipstery to like, I self-identify as a hipster, yeah. even mm-hmm. though I am wearing my millennial costume today, I'm wearing leggings, it's pants, everything's real tight and I got my <laughs> glitter lips on. I just went with it and I'm okay with it. I don't care because after a certain age, you're invisible as a woman anyway. So I'm right. like, you know what? No one's looking at me. I'm going to do whatever the wear these stupid leggings and my weird too tight tank top my mate and we have to say your hair top. is really fabulous oh thank you like, you always have fabulous my hair, hair but i really I've got like a side it today. Super air dry, blue. which is you know what the kids are doing 
Oh, um, my very hair cute. matches my little microphone puffy thing. Oh my That's god, fun, it really right? does. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm all. Uh, what is this color? Like mint green. Holy shit! You're wearing makeup. I got it. Look at you. You're looking so There are times when I'm like, maybe I won't wear makeup. And then it's just like, it takes two minutes and I feel so much more like a human. It's for me. It's for me. Don't flatter yourself. (laughs) All of this. Oh, but I am. All of this. (laughs) I just, I need mascara, you know? I need my mascara. I I don't want to leave the house without my lashes on. So, yeah, we we went to a lot of rock shows. We hung out at the Velvet Elvis. We hung out at the Crocodile. Did we know each other back then? I feel like like there were a lot of times when we were probably in the same place at Mm -hmm. the same time. Yeah. Specifically a couple of those Velvet Elvis shows. I know you were there. I remember in my early 20s living on Capitol Hill in Seattle. In my little calendar, I would go through the strangers' like schedule. Uh And I would put rock shows on my calendar. And I was doing like two excuse me, two a week Yeah. to the point where I realized sometimes I'd get really excited to go see a band and I'd get down there and realize that I had seen them before. Mm. I remember we saw Sia at the Crocodile. Oh, really? Yeah. <gasps> what? She was a super nice lady. Really lovely. Um, Crazy. All kinds of shows at Numos. Mm-hmm. And then you just get older and you don't want people, you don't want the frittage, you don't want people touching you. And then you get really old, and then you're, you're <laughs> and the you're old like, person well, at the rock show. Is there seating? <laughs> I, absolutely. I'm no. all about the Neptune now. So when my husband's uh-huh. like, do you want to go see this thing? I'm like, is it at the Neptune? Is it at the Moor? Is it somewhere? A seating in a bathroom are my two priorities. If I have a seat and I'm close to a bathroom, I, oh, I'll sit through God. anything. So that's why we've gotten into seeing like comedy and podcasts, because... yeah. You're sitting, you're, you're laughing, available. you can use the restroom. One of the phenomenons that I started noticing at rock shows was these young men with a giant backpack on mm. that they would almost use as like a Super Mario Koopa shell to like just <laughs> shove me out of the way or like just claim more space, which, you know, I do just by being a large person. <laughs> I get all the space I need, but yeah, you know, I have pretty, I have some pretty fond memories of, of Josh standing behind me yeah, and just kind of guarding my, my, my space, you know, so I could see the band and everything and have people not pushing into me and stuff. There used to be ethics. I feel like it used to be that very tall men had no problem with petite women Mm -hmm. being in front of them. And I've actually talked to some small women who are trying to do these things. And like one, one lady was telling me that she had like a six foot five dude and she's like five, two. And she was like, Oh, I'm excuse me. Can I just stand right in front of you? And he was like, no, what the fuck? (laughs) Also, if you're, if you're six foot seven, stand in the fucking back. You know, you're the only person that's going to be able to see from back there. I'll tell you what, the sound is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or just find a small person and <laughs> them. help them out. Love them. Just yeah. Because you get trampled. and. But I remember, was it Bikini Kill? Or I was at, I was at some show at the OK Hotel. I think I saw Nirvana and Hammerbox. But mm-hmm. where the, mm-hmm. the people in the band specifically were like, hey. Yeah. Small girls in front. Mm-hmm. Those were the days. Yeah. I... I have some pretty fun. My favorite was Team Dresh. That was that was my band. I love them so much. Um, But they would do that sort of shit too, where they would just say, "Hey, you guys, just be courteous." I know, right? Each other. Shouldn't have to tell people. I feel like the last good rock show 
that I saw was Chick, Chick, Chick. And that was after we had Della. Mm. So that was before number two. But then they got all popular, and now you can't see them, you know, without being in a huge place. But yeah. but just really cramped spaces. Everybody's hot and gross so and hot. sweaty, and the music is so good, and you're just feeling so alive. Just that feeling of like, oh, my God, we are all listening to this really amazing music, and this is an amazing time to be alive. Well, and you don't have to – one thing you don't have to worry about in Seattle is someone, like, injuring you because they're dancing. Because mm. it doesn't matter if it is Daft Punk. <laughs> Uh, ain't nobody going to dance. It's, Although, the, it's the head bob. It's you get about, right I think it's about 30 to 40 degrees you're allowed to tilt your head. Tilt your head. Um, you might get a cu- some torso body swaying. You might a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I have to actually retract that, too. We So we did see Daft Punk, and it was amazing. Did you? Oh, my God. It was did at the WAMU Center. So horrible, echoey oh, venue. Oh, okay. That was a good crowd. They did dance. There were people in full-on. It was definitely post-rave. And there were women in handmade faux fur pants. Yes. I mean, the ravers came out. I feel like everybody loves Daft Punk. Yeah. You know, even though we'll never know who it really was. Yeah. I guess. Oh, I also used to recreationally sleep. Um. I also used to smoke piles of marijuana. (laughs) Bushels and piles of weed. My bong was on the coffee table. Why put it away? Yeah. You're just going to use it again in like five minutes. Yeah. And a lot of tea. I love television so much. And I would walk my dog for like hours. (laughs) I would go to the dog park. I would just read. I feel like there's a leisure in just being bored. Oh my God. Being bored. Just being bored. The luxury of the childless. You're, mm. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've told people. You'll never be bored again. <laughs> <laughs> that and the constant nagging feeling that you have forgotten something that is very important. Uh, that somewhere in the back of your mind, somebody has a doctor appointment that they were supposed to be at. A bill was supposed to be paid. Like, I don't care how much yeah. you put things on calendars and make notes. And it's just the feeling that you always have. Well, I feel like as a parent now, you just have this constant feeling that you are ruining somebody else's life at any moment. Either, (laughs) I mean, you're molding it constantly, Uh, right? So it's like every decision that you make. I just, you have to make peace with that. After the second one comes, you're like, you know what? Now that I'm the worst parent in the world, you have to make peace with making bad decisions. Mm. (laughs) Just knowing that. You know, you are constantly having to be parents fail. and just fail. get used to failing. Fail, fail all I, the time. I tell people, I feel like this applies to everything in life. If you care and you are trying, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a big lesson for me on giving myself grace mm-hmm. and yeah. moving on. But because I'm, I care and I'm trying. Yeah. And also just watching these trends in parenting oh. where seeing that last year's thing that you're supposed to do is next year's horrible thing that you were never supposed to do. <laughs> and then you just kind of realize that it's all total bullshit and you have to just take the good and take the bad, mm-hmm. have the, take the rest, and then you have the facts of life. I heard this um, saying once. Um, it was on a teacher's wall or something, and it said that Lit kids will up. never... <laughs> With a kitten swinging. Mm, that's hanging, hanging there. In. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. No, the saying was that kids kids will forget the lesson, but they won't forget how they felt 
when they were learning that lesson. Mm. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about the feeling and I just try to love my kids and I can't mess up there. So I feel like things usually follow after that, but yeah. fuck, if I don't have to set up another fucking play date <laughs> or take them somewhere or feel obligated to be a good person all the time. <laughs> I feel like when you're a kid too, there it comes at different points, but at some point you have this revelation that your parents are just these people. Yes. That happened to me after number one, for sure. Yeah, where it's just, you're, you're human. Like, oh, you were just a person. Mm-hmm. I have to check in constantly to not go to a place where my kids are just these things to be managed mm-hmm. that you're constantly just barking at because then it's like this a, this chasm develops where they just see you as a shitty like the worst boss they've ever had well and they start to rely on you for that they well, start well they start to realize that you're in charge of you know what's going on instead of them being in charge so they actually have a hard time telling themselves what to do and then you exactly they're being so managed that they can't right. manage themselves and then i think also they they forget how to get positive attention from you mm-hmm. and then they start doing shit on purpose just to get your attention because it's like you have to remember to hug them and that's another them. thing you have to put on the oh list hug your child <laughs> i think that's something i definitely struggled with yesterday was i know i i yeah the switch i'm there from, with you from happy to, I know to exactly. sad sad to happy mm. it's hard because at a certain point Clem and I just agreed to reset and Mm -hmm. it's hard because I'm still shaking and on the verge of tears from what's been happening all morning. It's hard to be the bigger person. (sighs) It is so hard to be the bigger person. Well, no, but I just mean like transit, like that, this, this, this fast split. Like it takes me a really long time to get pissed off and then it takes me a really long time to calm down and And they're just like, okay, boom, back and forth. Do, do, do. (laughs) Like, and, and it just... I feel like unsteady. Yeah. You know, and it's, but yeah, at a certain point it was just like, okay, we need to move on from this. Let's try to have a good day from here on out. Yeah. And we hugged and we kissed. Yeah, do, you, do, you, do you kiss your kids on the mouth? I don't know. It feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like sticky and gross. I just ended up with like I do. super kissy. Yeah. She loves a mouth kiss and. I get it. I, yeah. We don't. You know, there's like, I mean, it's not like we're making out. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but, well, it's yeah, funny too because Harold's always like, you know, as we talked about earlier, my apparently my breath is always disgusting, <laughs> so I can tell when it's really bad because I'll be like, oh, no, case and he, I get a cheek or I get you like know, a forehead. The other day I was cuddling with Lexi and and we were snuggling up in bed and and we had just woken up and she turns over she goes mom your breath smells so bad mm. and i'm just like oh <laughs> sad well i remember mm. doing the exact same thing and i still do the same thing i can't actually stand it when people breathe on me that close Ugh, grossy gross yeah but, you know yeah. i feel like when kids are at that point of like you just they're being such shits and they're being so horrible the reason that they are being that way is something else that's happening so you have to give them what you don't want to give them so like in the moment when you feel like just barking at your kids and like kicking them in the butt (laughs) you have to actually turn around and say i love you yes and just hug them and embrace them just like what you did which is funny because i've noticed that other parents and people without kids 
it, it, you you almost get like scowled at when your kid's having a meltdown and mm-hmm. you just squeeze them. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, oh, you're supposed to be like disciplining and yelling at them. Yeah. The other day we were at a video arcade and I think Harold just got like tweaked and overstimulated Mm -hmm. and we went out on the back deck and he just like freaked out on me, Mm -hmm. like on me. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I had my arms around him and he was just had his head buried in my chest and was just like freaking out. Yeah. We were there with some other people. Did you like give them that big compression? Yes. Of like yeah, that's yeah, that's what they yeah they need. They need that. It that works. Embrace. Yeah. The uh-huh. um, the Temple Grandin cow yes. squeeze. <laughs> it's so true. It yeah. is absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great book, by the way. I love that book. You like that? Who doesn't love Temple Grandin? I know she's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that even that movie with Claire Danes was pretty good. Did you see that? Where she placed her brand? Yeah, yeah that was really I did. Good. Anywho, what else did we do before kids? Yeah, yeah, it was just a massive bookworm movie nerd stonerino. Mm-hmm. And that's how I actually feel like I knew it was time because I was like, I'm kind of bored. I have a ton of leisure time <laughs> and I'm ready to let it go. Yeah. And I had, I, I think that's the thing too that I love about becoming a parent later in life is I had, I'd traveled to Europe a couple times. I'd, done this and that mm-hmm. you know tried all the drugs that i wanted to which is not many yeah uh, all, everything besides weed just scares me these like pills and powders i don't Dude, i want to be able to like look at it i don't and, know i don't know how much i want to reveal as to far like if my child was to listen to this podcast however i love cocaine God, no i'm <laughs> no, serious no, that, no, no. Uh, that's yeah i mean it's pretty amazing i got first i tried it maybe twice and mm-hmm. my frustration with cocaine was it's like it wears off so quick so it was like that's why I think you we, just have to do it and do it and do it and i keep know doing it and yeah do it some more. No, it's, <laughs> i found that very annoying because i was like oh my god i gotta go back in the bathroom again i had and to make I rem- the i had to make the conscious decision just to stop not because it, it was going but, to a bad place and like you know yeah. what we i'm not gonna not. do this anymore i also just remember all the times that i was at at the discotheque um <laughs> or our place or whatever oh uh, and I had to fucking pee and the cokeheads are hogging the goddamn bathroom, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that person. Oh, so man. I feel like I, I found my drug of choice early yeah. on and just did that a lot real hard. That's fine. Yeah. But, I have no will to want to do drugs anymore. I feel like there, I, I never go into my mind and say, oh, that would be really great to do again. Yeah. Just, it's like I tried. I, I tried to do anymore. ecstasy once, and I think I got sold something that just made me really sick. Yeah, and I laid on the floor and like moaned, and then so an funny. hour later, like I farted a bunch, <laughs> and I was like, "This was not ecstasy." And that kind of further drove in of like, "Oh man, I don't want to." And I had bought, I got bad acid a couple times. I did like hallucinogenics, but. But yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing too, mushrooms, you look at them, you're like, yes, yeah. this is a mushroom. I'm going uh-huh. to do this with it. I'm going to go see a movie, you know. For but me, yeah. the mushrooms just lasted way too long. Mm, but not as long as acid. I remember being on acid and being like, I want that's to stop That's something I never tried. train. I want to get off. Yeah. I want to be done can't. with this. And it's like 12 hours. <laughs> and, but that was... Yeah, much younger days. It's a lot harder to get weird drugs once you're out of high school, you know? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Good times. Good times. Did a lot of stuff. Went to went to Sasquatch. I went to Sasquatch Pregnant with Clem. Oh, cool. I think Arcade Fire was there that year. Sweet. Yeah, and I'm super done with that. Oh, my God. Oh, you no. could not pay me to go to, like, a no. multi-day music festival. See, even in all of this reminiscing, I don't look back to the you don't glory want to days. Do it now. I don't. You don't I... want to take yourself now and go do that thing. I mean, it's just, it's a nice memory to have. Mm-hmm. And I, in no way, want I want to relive that Glad in any I did sort it. of way. Yeah, it's don't just need like, to do just it. check. Check that box. Check, 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 check. (laughs) Well, and again, you know, like we went to Clusterfest, and that was great because it was a three-day comedy and podcast festival Mm -hmm. yeah, with a couple very random musical acts. But the crowd was older. Yeah. Most things had seating. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and I I, will totally do that again. Yeah. It was really fun. But The last show we went to was Jungle. Do you know that band, Jungle? Mm -mm. Super good. Mm -hmm. From from england and oh wait 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 yeah yeah there's a couple bands that i would like pull myself out of my crypt yeah my cripster crypt uh because i guess that's technically your cripster cripsters um oh my god did you just now make that no 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 no. that's a a real thing real urban dictionary word for like old hipsters shit i had no idea yeah there's a word for everything damn it Okay. And if there isn't, I will make one up. But, yeah, uh, I, like, I do have a couple favorite bands. Yeah. It was so sad, though. So I feel like this is kind of when we quit, is I love, love, love Purity Ring. We had tickets to go see them, and we just, like, didn't. Because Clem's kindergarten vocal performance was that night. Aww. And it got to be, like, 8 o'clock, you know, <laughs> and we were just, like, don't want to do it. Yeah. It was at... Showbox Soto, I kind of regret it, but I also own bagging. So one thing that really struck me after having a kid was how much you just don't want to do those things anymore. Like you don't want to stay up that late anymore. Mm-mm. And it, and I, I think that when before you have kids, you look at that as a negative. Like oh, you can never go out anymore. Mm-hmm. You you have to take care of you know some something else all the time, mm-hmm. but. Once you're in it, it's sort of just like the shift that happens naturally, this yeah. biological shift in which you want to care for something and you want to go to bed early and wake up with and this I, kid. I don't want to deal with other people. I know. I don't know. I've gotten so much like that. Because I feel like when I started going to rock shows too, I was like, this is going to be great because we're all into this yes, like, somewhat obscure yes. thing. Uh-huh. And we're, we're all here together and yeah. maybe I'll meet new people or make friends. And then you realize like, oh no, I live in Seattle. We're all going to stand in this room and pretend that no one else is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So a bunch of years of that. And then again, you get past a certain age. And I do believe that, uh, to anyone under 30, I'm like a weird, uh, ghost yeah. where they're like, I feel a presence, but... <laughs> You I know. can't quite mm. manage a shape. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. speaking of, should we transition yeah. to the gremlin part? Okay. So, can you describe the gremlin part? Because that's definitely how I see the format of this podcast, is <laughs> gremlins the Mogwai movie. Gremlin. So, Which, yeah, the yes. first part is our our snuggly, cute kid parenting talk. Mogwai. Mogwai. It's our little gizmo. And then the second part is going to be, it's actually not too bad this week. I have some really, I have some really, I'm going to apologize right now. I do have 
some real bummer ones in the pipeline, but I'm sorry. It's uh, just the way I'm I will say that them. last week you made me physically nauseous. Oh, <laughs> well, I was already having gastronomical God. upset. Yeah. However, I was just like, I don't know how much more. Well, buckle like in because it's going to get so much worse. Oh, God. It's, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try. Um, try. But not this week. This week is um, Tulpa time. Okay. Anytime is Tulpa time. Tulpa. Tulpa. It's not small plate Spanish food. Okay. It. Okay, so one thing that I think is really fun to talk to you about tulpas is I, you have you have tulpas in your house. Mm-hmm. You have tulpas right now. What do you mean? Uh, I'm talking about mom shirt and nene. Oh, I thought we were talking about bacteria or like you have some tulpas sort of microorganism. Under your, that toenail that you need to get checked out. Okay, <laughs> probably there's a lot under there. No, let's talk about mom shirt and nene. Okay, tell tell the people. So. <laughs> oh, so cute. Um, oh, so mom, mom shirt. shirt cute? Well, I think it's cute. I have met others who found it terrifying. Well, those are the Pewoks, obviously. Okay, so mom shirt is um, my first daughter. Um, that's her little, her little stuffy, her little, her little lovey, I guess. And it was this shirt, my one of my undershirts that I. That I like, you know, gave to her in her crib when I left her for the first time. Like I don't know, she was like four months or eight months. I don't remember, but I was like, my child has to have the scent of me. Here is my a piece of me before I leave you for like three hours. Anyway, so that became her like little lovey. And I remember reading, <laughs> I remember reading um, these things that say, "Be careful what you give your kid as a lovey, because if you give them something." you know, slightly embarrassing, they may just hold on to that and you will be mortified <laughs> in mm. the future. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give her my bra. I'm not going to give her my underpants. Well, mom sure sort of turned into, you know, that sort of object in which nobody else understands. But she has, she has a personality mm-hmm. to where over the years she has friends. She made it's more, she made more mom shirts. Oh, she made, shit. She bred? She did. She had. She has mom shirts mom. She has mom shirt babies because oh little God. pieces of mom shirt fall off. Oh. And then she has babies. And wow. all of those little babies stay in a little, like, container. And I think there's hundreds in there. And I, we find little pieces of her everywhere. So now mom shirt went from a shirt. Yeah, it was know, like, a, it was like a... It was like a gray tank top. Yeah, gray tank top. Went from that to like, she, she's the size of a walnut now. Oh my God, a little scrap. But my little, like almost 12 year old is still walking around with her, just like, you know, loving her and stuff. And I feel like we had so many discussions about about her that we've kind of just said, you know, this is part of her, imagi- this like her imaginary friend yeah. that has taken the shape of a shirt <laughs> or kind of a, a, a unidentifiable scrap of gray fabric is that's what mom shirt was looking like when I met her yeah. but she has a voice oh, she, she has, has a very distinctive voice uh-huh. yeah it's she very loud and high pitched mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a dolphin she flies she's got a tail you know belly button yes. um and then my second kid has a little something a little bit more like you can see it as an object it's a little horse that really? she walks around with and she sucks her thumb and she rubs the ears and oh. and she smells terrible but my daughter mm-hmm. says oh i just love the smell it's just Ugh. the best and she's never been wo- i mean we do wash her every year or so but okay. <laughs> whether she needs it or not 
So, but your kids obviously have some sort of no tulpa. No. What? No. no. Everybody's kids have no. a. No, they don't. What? They don't. Yeah, they don't have any imaginary friends or anything. They have each other, but okay. Well, I mean, and I no. So in my research about this, it did say that kids that have imaginary friends, please like, don't have, tell me they could turn no, out demented. No, no, it's the opposite. They have uh, they, so they obviously have really vibrant imaginations. They have higher levels of empathy. They have interestingly can have an easier time making friends because I, because hmm. what they're doing is, and this, that's like a whole other thing of like imaginary friends, but they're kind of almost like doing trial runs of all these social situations yeah. in this safe way, which I think kind of parlays into, into the whole Tulpa phenomenon. So yeah. So you why, have, why you have Tulpa? Tulpa? What is that? Uh, what so is Tulpa it? is from a Tibetan word that depending on which Wikipedia page you look at means emanation, manifestation, or to build. And, and they're really popular right now. So in my tulpa enthusiasm, I kind of, I kind of group them into two different kinds. So there's sort of the Reddit based, what I think of as an internal tulpa, which is where someone by choice manufactures with their mind basically a mom shirt a an, a person that shares their brain with them but, mm. but they don't know what that person's going to say they don't that they, the person has their own thoughts it's not dissociative identity disorder and it's not schizophrenia it's not schizophrenia because it's not a disorder if it's not unpleasant for the person okay. so this is someone uh because tulpa creation requires that you spend a lot of time really focusing on this being you spend time with it it can be whatever physical form you want one thing that i kind of wondered about that i didn't find a ton of information was that you can have an object-based tulpa which parlays into my other fascination of real dolls and reborns which is like a whole other thing you know what a real doll is right yeah where they look exactly like a human and you can fuck it um (sighs) because normally you can't fuck your tulpa because people sure seem to be trying uh (laughs) you got some like dudes making some big titty anime tulpas and then they then yeah it can only go so far okay wait hold on so i just have to take a second to transition my brain from thinking about something that's from mom shirt from mom okay but it's gonna happen it's gonna hold on hold on and okay okay because you know i have my brain is very very visual so i have to i have to put that in a little box okay now let's gremlin 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 and blender okay blender blender but but mom sure is a tulpa like she has you you can't talk to me about okay Okay. well no i mean that's just where i go with it is straight to (laughs) real doll so but you can't have an object-based tulpa and then that means that when the so a regular tulpa is with you all the time you can talk to it whenever you want by the way, I find this whole thing just kind of adorable. I kind of... So I love these people who... This is so cute. They um, refer to themselves as Tulpamancers. Isn't that cute? They have, like... It's a huge glossary of all these Tulpa-specific words. Um, and it's just a lot of kind of sweet, shy, lonely people that this is their hobby. And, yeah, the, the Reddit Tulpa forum is strong af so and usually they i mean that's the other reason it's not a disorder is that i kind of feel like it's almost like people giving 
more of a voice to sometimes what what is basically just their intuition and there were um so i i have this podcast i love called reply all and one of my favorite episodes i think is number 74 it's called making friends and i've listened to it multiple times and uh it's about these people who have done this and how it's affected their lives and so the woman in that was talking about how she was thinking about killing herself and that that's when she first met her tulpa because her tulpa was like no quit doing that you're going to get off the couch you're going to get out there you know and so these can be really helpful for people and give them support that they might not be getting from somewhere else so in a way it could almost be like a survival mechanism for the incredibly shy and introverted because let's face it real people can suck they can disappoint you they can hurt you and you know you might get into a little squabble with your tulpa but for the most part they're not gonna betray you or hurt you they can't dox you or they can't post shitty things about you online they can't gaslight you um so yeah there there are there is a weird offshoot of people who are so deep into it that they're beginning to wonder if they themselves are someone else's tulpa like do i really exist am i living in someone's so they call their the place where their tulpa lives and where they go and kind of hang out with their tulpa is their wonderland and that's another thing that they can work on and completely create themselves there's also a really adorable sort of dungeons and dragons kind of thing with the creation of this whole glossary of terminology so yeah so to me internal tulpas are ones that people create that no one else can see and it lives in their mind so mom sure it's an object-based tulpa and then the other kind is what i is that's also really hot and sexy right now in the sort of paranormal community is the external tulpa where the con the, it's a concept that enough people are thinking about something and fixating on something and that all if you get enough people focusing on the same thing you could actually create a physical manifestation of it mm-hmm. so but so is this kind of like when you associate an object like if i was to really start to like my painted rock over there in the corner and sort of start to give it a personality and then you can i like make a tulpa as a norm you don't need an object you can just sort of meditate on you know you create a backstory for them you think about what personality traits they might have so it Hmm. happens a lot in the context of people who are writers and they create a character and so do you think that these are adults who were also able to do this as kids or do you think that it's because i there are i mean most kids i would say at one point do that because it's their imaginative play right where they're where they can have this sort of really obscure play Mm -hmm. and nobody else really knows what's happening but I mean, I would say anything from up to like three years to most certainly five or six years where they're just constantly in their own little worlds. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically is an imaginary friend, but I think that's kind of derogatory, especially to tulpamancers. What is a tulpamancer? So a tulpamancer is someone who, it's a person who has a tulpa. Oh, tulpamancer. And you can have, you can have as many as you want. It just sounds like necromancer to me. Well... Yeah, I mean, you know, I think romancer. I love it. Tulpamancer. (laughs) I love 
love it. I think it's cute. I'm just waiting for the, like, real negative spin on it. Well, they can be hard to get rid of. So I did do a whole thing because, like, I think the the pros of tulpas are obvious. Like, it's kind of like when we were talking about being pregnant, like, you're never alone. Yeah. Um, So apparently it can get kind of annoying because you're never alone. They're not, they can't be smarter than you. Uh Uh-huh. You might go crazy <laughs> if you get too deep into it. I think, you know, another con would be obviously, too, that it's like you get so involved with your tulpas that you're not out in the real world. You're not interacting with people outside your mind. And then another fun thing that can happen that happened in that episode of Reply All with, with that young lady who just seemed like a really sweet, gentle little lady trapped in the Midwest. But then you become part of these tulpa communities and then your tulpa might meet and fall in love with someone else's tulpa. And you can do a thing, and this sounds really dissociative identity disorder, but you can do a practice called uh, either switching or fronting, where you allow your tulpa to use your body. So in that podcast, there was a guy who said, oh, well, my tulpa wanted to take massage therapy classes, so I let him do that. So he, they said it's like the driver's ed car, where you let them take the wheel, but you still are in ultimately in control of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I know mm-hmm. it sounds like playing mm-hmm. with fire to me, but people in some of the Tulpa forums on Reddit were talking about like, oh, sometimes I kind of wonder I have these weird bruises and how did I get them? But it doesn't sound like you're, unless things go real sideways, that your Tulpa can take control of your body and like slap the shit out of yourself. And it's really hard to get them to go away. So you kind of, so Tulpas are fed, and this seems to be external and internal, by attention. So you can starve your tulpa by just basically ignoring it. There's another case where someone made a tulpa and then it just went dark and became kind of evil. But they, so one of the vernaculars, so people refer to kind of themselves and their headspace as their system. So you have yourself and then your other tulpas in your system. And then there's apparently a thing. So they're not your brain mate, they're your system mate. So you and your tulpas are system mates. And then they can, I love the look on your face right now. (laughs) Apparently there can be like free floating rogue tulpas. And they refer to that as having walk-ins in your system of like where you're hanging out. And then all of a sudden this tulpa that you don't know blows through and is like, Hey, what's up? I just thought I'd like stop (laughs) by and see what's going on in your wonderland. I I just kind of love everything about this. I I, I just, I don't know. I I come from the very... Other end of that, it sounds like somebody trying to put a word on something that everybody has kind of done once or twice in their life, but but then people being the it, kind of people that they, like, we're... It reminds me of, like, uh, LARPing or, like, remember Kindred the sure, Embraced, sure. where people dressed up like sure. vampires and ran yes. around in Cal Anderson Park. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's like that, especially huh. with the whole creating your own vocabulary. I, I mean, yeah, it it just reminds me of, of other kind of things. And like I said, it's really popular right now. And if you want to make one, there's all kinds of tips. So, if you know, just be careful, you guys. <laughs> there's tips I'm going to Tulpamance an audience for this podcast. I'm, gonna, oh my God. I'm working on that right now. Right. I'm just Tulpamancing listeners, people who are like, I love you guys are the best. I just need to know more. Seeing as how this is the first I've heard of it, I feel like I just need to know more. If you need to know more, you can spend hours on Reddit. Oh, Jesus. Hours Uh, more, I guess I should say. So interestingly, I will say too, if you get a walk-in in in your system, 
if you get a tulpa that just blows in and you're like, mm, who the fuck are you? <laughs> so the first thing you want to do is ignore it. So don't feed the tulpa. And then you visualize a door, you push them out of it, and you lock it. And then the third technique that sounds like it doesn't work very well is trying to reason with it and just get it to leave. So why wouldn't you want your tulpa around anymore? You just, maybe, maybe you just want to move on. Maybe you just want your brain back to yourself. Because it did say that, like, it's like, oh, is my, is my tulpa hanging out with me while I'm pooping or whacking it or in the shower? And it's like, well, you know, they're there, but that's not really what's interesting to them. So they kind of just like go do mm. other stuff, you know, until you're like call them out or whatever. It's funny. Cause I, I made a note that I was at a, a about a five when I was doing this research, um, which is how I quantify how stoned I am at any given time <laughs> from one to 10. So I was at about a five and there were times when I was doing this cause you know, everybody's in bed and it's kind of late and I was trying to, trying to get into this and, and I would have these waves where I would just get really, like, sleepy. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, this is so, there's so much. But, yeah, so there's kind of three ty- kinds of tulpas. There's the in- intentional ones that you make and you craft, like, in the way that we were talking about. Um, and then there's natural and accidental, but they kind of seem tied together. So, because natural is mom's shirt, where she didn't, like as a baby be like, I'm going to make a tulpa, you know, it just sort of happened. An accidental kind of sounds like the same kind of thing where you, you had something, but you weren't like, I'm going to make a tulpa, but you had something going on that sort of tulpified. Third kind. Yeah. I did make a note. They are there while you talk. They can party while you sleep. They can be just doing other stuff. They don't sleep. One other interesting thing that I found because I was also always fascinated with dissociative identity disorder. I loved the movie Sybil. I I don't know when I saw it. I I know I was probably way too young with Sally Field. (laughs) I still occasionally hear, like, my people, my people. And some of her little, that movie's so fucking good. I feel like I saw the the movie The Shining when I was, like, seven. So Tony's kind of a Tola. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another really great, like, Lifetime movie called When When Rabbit Howls with Shelley Long about dissociative identity disorder. But I was fascinated with that, of that you go, you know, switch, and then the other personalities don't know what's going on. So you can have both. You can have Tolpas, and uh, in in the DAD community, they call them alters. D-A-D. D-I-D, dissociative identity okay, disorder. Yeah, yeah. They're essentially the same thing, but a, an alter is formed by trauma, and it's something that the person is using to cope or as a shield while they're being horrifically abused or traumatized, um, whereas a tulpa is like, you know, mm. is not necessarily there to protect you or shield you. But So you can have both. You can have alters, and then you can have tulpas that you've made. Mm-hmm. Now I want to really get into the fun, fun shit that, again, is like, so... In the paranormal community, there's been this theory that maybe all cryptids and aliens and men in black might be tulpas, or some people say tulpae, which is the Latin conjugation of a Tibetan word, but for multiple tulpas. Mm -hmm. Because tulpas does sound like small plate Spanish food, and then I want... Those are tapas. Tulpa tapa. You say tulpa. Tulpa say tapa. No, 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 no. Like, there's this UFO researcher named Stephen Greer who claims that when he and his buddies sit in a circle and chant, they can, they can call UFOs and make them appear. And it's like, well, or you might be tulpa mancing. Did you watch the Slenderman documentary? 
about the two girls that assaulted, stabbed oh. their friend like 19 times because Slenderman told them to do it. I can't handle that shit. I can't oh, well, even. Oh, well, you're lost. It's oh, super fun. Um, are, are you going to tell lived. me about it? She lived. Okay. No, that's that's all we need thing. to know. It's an okay documentary. Okay. Um, the story's fascinating. I highly recommend you check out the, it's kind of frustrating. It's not perfect, but. It's an interesting story, and Slenderman is cited as a tulpa by a lot of people because the internet is like a tulpa factory. Like, you put something out there, and you get all these people thinking about it and visualizing it. But my big question with external, so I refer to that as external tulpas, but my big question of that is, where the fuck is Santa Claus then? (laughs) And I only, I Googled around, I only found one other person who, because I was like, okay, this has got to be a whole Reddit thread of, like, Santa Claus should be the fucking strongest tulpa in the mm-hmm. universe mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I've don't know Wait, why, what? but Tol- Santa, Santa should be, a, Santa is a tulpa. He well, should, he's just a person hanging out. I mean, well, this. but he, are you saying Santa's not real? <laughs> well, he, but that's the thing hmm. is if this external tulpa thing you know, people have said, oh, Sasquatch is a tulpa. Oh, again, men in black, aliens, greys, hmm. you know, okay. Slenderman, all these things could be tulpas. But, yeah, if that's the case, if if a if something can almost literally be dreamed into being, then where the fuck is Santa Claus? Why aren't we having Santa Claus sightings? Like, people claim to be having Slenderman sightings. So hmm. that kind of, when that occurred to me... It kind of blew that whole, because I was kind of excited about that, of like, oh, Loch Ness Monster, you know, it's this thing, and then all these people are believing in it, and then the fact that all these people are believing in it makes it a physical reality, and it, yeah, the Easter Bunny should be clomping around, Santa Claus should be on your roof, or, you know, whatever, and I really hope that Santa Claus also doesn't want to watch you fuck or shower. <laughs> oh, that's a different kind of gift. Hmm. Well, you know, what about like uh, ghosts? I would That's, I would imagine yeah. that like when ghosts sort of falls into that yes, as well. Absolutely. Because absolutely. So there are people that definitely people, believe that ghosts ghosts are a form of tulpa. And yes. if and if like your now grandfather if your grandfather passes away and, yeah. and is a ghost, right? And you're thinking you, about him and you, you would hope that he's not watching and, you in the shower. Yes. But as you said, yeah. he doesn't my grandpa does not care about those things, just exactly. sort of lets it but go by. Because I've also heard that paralleled in ghost stories where people, uh, at a time of great need, maybe their house was on fire, or maybe they were about, they were thinking of self-harm, and they hear the voice of that loved one stop them or, or intervene, hmm. then, yeah, that's totally a fucking tulpa. Um, hmm. But, yeah, so... Um, like West, this is another fun little nugget that I found. So apparently Wes Craven thought that Freddy Krueger might be manifesting in Richard Ramirez. So he was almost afraid that he oh, had created this thing. Oh, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that it had basically tulpified. Um, and then it is this weird thing of like self-fulfilling. Apparently after Scream came out, there were copycat killings. Like people started doing yeah. the thing in the... Um, which is kind of different. But so to your point, because tulpas can also be referred to as thought form energy ghosts, a bunch of smarty pants scientists 
did this thing called the Philip experiment, and I'm not going to get super into it because you can Wikipedia it on your own time. But uh, in 1972 in Toronto, a bunch of really smart people got together and they created a backstory and they kind of made a group tulpa and they never saw actual physical visual manifestation of him, but um, they did get some interesting poltergeist activity. Yeah, and that's a whole, whole other thing about, oh, like, poltergeists. You are opening up so many cans of worms here. So many worms Oh, my God, the they're just squiggling everywhere. But it kind of sounds a little bit like I'm really obsessed right now with The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of, would you consider those people who, did you see that or read that book? I read the book. I'm, like, halfway people through season who are star- two. People who have started the religion and just sort of are willing it to happen, and then yeah. it, they just start believing it and then other people are supposed to sort of take on what people are just claiming. Mm-hmm. Is it like that? Well, I mean, that's more of like tulpification of a concept, you know, versus okay. like a being. But wouldn't that be God? I mean, that's... Mm, Could that be? Is well, God, God is the tulpa? biggest tulpa of all, right? Okay. Okay. Jeebus. Yeah. You mm. know, kind of right up there with Santa Claus. That's kind of my other question is it's like... You know, and, and, but there are people who, who do claim to see Jesus, mm-hmm. not so much with Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. So I did find this fun, this website called groundzeromedia.org. So shout out to them who tiered Handmaid's Steel Point said the tol- a tulpa is the product of a story or power parable that generates enough energy to manifest visually outside of the exist- existential world. So objects and events can happen by sheer willpower alone, mm. which is a really fun thought. Like, I kind of feel like Donald Trump's a tulpa. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? oh. That's what's so fun about this is it's Dude. like it's all the cans of worms and it just opens up all these like ideas about reality. And, Holy shit. So you, do you know? you know that my my dad is a 100% Trump supporter? Oh, I'm sorry. So I hear these stories all the time. Like about how, oh, well, we, I mean, we're living in a world where, you know, truth and reality are more subjective than they've ever been before. Right. So, wow. But yeah, his people Hmm. believe in him and it's, it's feeding the orange tulpa. So yeah, that's tulpas. Now you know about tulpas. You're welcome. (laughs) And I, I, that's about it. Right. Oh my God. Do you have any tulpa questions? I'm a. I'm no tulpamancer, but I know a couple things. I don't. I, I'll think of them because I ain't about. I, a, I mean, I ain't about to fuck around that shit. Also, who's got the time? I don't need tulpas. I made children, right? <laughs> Those are our little tulpas running around up there eating popsicles. That's absolutely true. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Lorraine. I have learned something to the world of new as I did last time. Oh my gosh, it's a little less freaky. Learning new things, but I feel like yeah, there's a lot of worms crawling around here now because I. <laughs> Because we tulpa manced them into tulpa, tulpa. existing. I mean, your tulpa Shit. could be a cute little worm, like on Sesame Street, like slimy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so fun. And I just, these people are such nerds in the, I just love them. Okay. You know? See, when you first brought this up, my mind went to furries. You know, like people yeah. who dress up in animal You're costumes and have sex. I'm very, like I turn, I'm like a 12-year-old boy, basically. <laughs> I turn everything into something yeah. either poop-related or sex-related. Great. So. That's why we're friends. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, our t- uh, Tulpa audience. <laughs> <laughs> Newly formed. They said you're welcome. <laughs>
Nice to meet you, global audience. All right, everybody, stay cool. All right, see you next time. Thanks for listening.